Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Ben Reiser, and I'm here with Pauline Lampert, who is uh, on the Wisconsin Zone Programming Committee with, with me this year. And we are here with Mark Street, the filmmaker behind the wonderful experimental short, So Many Ideas, Impossible to Do All. Mark, it's great to see you again, although not in person, sadly. Good to see you. Uh, uh, Wisconsin Film Festival is near and dear to my heart, as you know. Um, you know, I grew up in Beloit, and um, it really is one of my favorite film festivals. You all do a great job. Thank you. And I remember hanging out a little bit with you in the two th- at the 2015 festival, which was a fun time. That was the year we were at the um, Edgewater Hotel most nights. Um, after the festivities for more festivities, <laughs> but, uh, you had, I think you had two shorts in the festival that year. Am I right about that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I had made two, two shorts in, in Argentina and, um, uh, it was in a, uh, program of Latinx, um, you know, material and things like that. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I've been back a few times and I think you, you all embody the um, subversiveness and fun of Madison in a really great way. So I, I really appreciate that. Madison was was uh, was our mecca when we grew up in Beloit. We would skip school and hitchhike up there and go to the Majestic Theater. And um, some of my favorite times are in Madison, Wisconsin. Well, I'm so glad to hear you say that. Let's talk about so many ideas impossible to do all which uh, hopefully people who are listening to this have, have watched in their recent past. Um, I, I wanted to say that, um, you know, the, your film provides some context at the beginning, and I think it works wonderfully with that limited context. But I was wondering if you, in the process of making the film, played around with different versions that provided more or less context at the beginning. And I was also hoping you would now provide even more context for viewers who may be completely unfamiliar with Barbara Hammer or Jane and Stan Brackage. Certainly. Um, well, Barbara Hammer um, is, um, you know, a real heroine, real hero in the um, experimental film world as uh, an activist, a lesbian filmmaker, um, tremendously prolific, uh, tremendously generous um, uh, to younger filmmakers um, and to the field. Um, and um, she was a teacher of mine at the San Francisco Art Institute in the um, uh, late 80s. Uh, you know, never meet your heroes, um, never study with them, and certainly never finish their damn films for them uh, would be a good, uh, a good route, a good, uh, a good couple of rules. But anyway, Barbara undercut the kind of imposter syndrome that I think I experience with my heroes, um, including Stan Brakhage, having met Stan Brakhage, right? You always feel like you're one sentence away from them thinking you're a complete idiot. Um, And sometimes I I run away from them. But Barbara's so open, was so open, uh, so generous. Um, You know, really when we were in that classroom together in the basement of the San Francisco Art Institute, you know, we were all there to work. She was open to all ideas. She was open to uh, us all as artists, her a very accomplished one, uh, the rest of us fledgling. Uh, but, um, you know, she, she, uh, she became a mentor and a, and a friend. Um, she uh, was very popular and present in the Bay Area um, when I lived there. And then she made the move to New York, which I also made 
at different times in my life. Something I had a, had occasion to think about when I was making the film. But imagine my surprise when Barbara um, had realized that her illness um, kept her from finishing several projects that she had hoped to finish. Um, and Barbara um, died the way she lived on her own terms. Uh, being open about the process, uh, being direct about what was going on. Um, she was part of the right to die movement, right? You know, being, uh, um, clear and being, um, you know, on, um, unemotional, I guess, about, about the process, the process of dying. Anyway, she, uh, commissioned, got the Wexner center in Ohio to commission four of us to finish some work that um, she didn't feel ready to, that she didn't feel like she could finish. Lynn Sachs, filmmaker Lynn Sachs, um, Deborah Stratman from Chicago, uh, another filmmaker who didn't end up finishing the film, and me. Imagine my surprise. Um, I met, she uh, invited me over to her apartment uh, in the West Village, and she said, look, here are these postcards that I sent to Jane Brackage. Jane Brackage is a poet in her own right and was the wife of the iconic um, filmmaker Stan Brackage, um, the protagonist in many of his films, including Window, Water, Baby, Moving, which is the, a portrait of um, the birth of their first child. Uh, huge, hugely um, controversial, shocking, um, interesting, you know, not not unproblematic, but also, you know, a place where a camera has never been, you know, uh, and, and a really, really great film, I think. Um, anyway, um, she said, look, here are these postcards that I sent to Jane. I, in letters, I retrieved them from the Brackage archive in Colorado. Here are her responses. Uh, pull out your cell phone, take pictures of them, and... See if you can make a film about our interaction as artists. Um, she herself, Barbara, had made a film in 1974 called Jane Brackage. And it was sort of an opposition to the way Stan was looking at Jane. You know, a sort of um, uh, recalibration of the masculinist gaze, you know, in some ways. Um, so she said, you know, all, ever, ever thinking ahead, ever ambitious, she said, don't look at that film, Mark. I don't want you to rip, rip off from that film. And I imagine that they'll play together sometime. So I thought that was so interesting. Even at that moment, she was already thinking about exhibition and things like that. But yeah. um, I, was I was terrified to do the project. Um, and um, But the last thing she said to me about it was she said, look, this is your film. You do with it what you want. I trust you. And um, I took her at her word, and it was the ultimate act in generosity. It's the only film I will ever be commissioned to make. I can say that unequivocally. Uh, but Barbara, you know, used her position in the world to get the Wexner Center to to support this film. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful. It was the ultimate act in generosity. I wouldn't be sitting here with you if not for Barbara Hammer, obviously. Yeah, well, that's 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 fantastic, and that's the the perfect amount of additional context that I was hoping you would give us. Um, I have I, I, I'm going to let Pauline speak <laughs> at some point, <laughs> um, but I have a couple more questions, and I'm going to throw it over to her. But um, the the footage that you shot that we see in this film, 
which I, I if I understand correctly is sort of everything other than the the interview segment that um, that Jane and Barbara have together um, was that stuff shot specifically for this film and and then how closely in your mind is it tied to the the on-screen text that we see as that footage unspools um not too closely you know in the avant-garde tradition of um of having sound and image work against each other in some ways mm-hmm. um i think robert brisson who's not avant-garde but whose notes on sound uh you know he says sound and image can work together as a sort of relay you know um i always try to think about that um you know, Barbara was a big fan of of taking artistic leaps, um, and uh, the film that Deborah Stratman made is about her motorcycle trip to South America, where Barbara um, took thirty rolls of film, and as soon as she got far, as soon as she finished the thirty rolls of film, she turned around and came home. That was Barbara, right? You know, uh, you know, not knowing what you're doing as you're doing it in a kind of improvisational way. So I tried to follow that. Um, I went out to San Francisco. I hired three young women filmmakers. Um, again, trying to build on the generosity that Barbara had showed me, and also, you know, wanting to get a female perspective into the film in some ways. And we just drove around San Francisco. We looked at the postcards that. Um, Barbara had sent to um, Jane and we looked at the addresses and uh, Barbara had lived five or six places in San Francisco and Oakland. We just drove to those places and uh, I remember yelling out, where are you, Barbara? Where are you? You know, we were trying to conjure Barbara and we're trying to look at what Barbara might have looked at as a as a young woman at that time. Um, and then the other, so we, we see at one point we see like, uh, 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 winding sort of outdoor s- steps or stairs. And so it's almost like we're, this is what Barbara would have seen when she was walking down these, these stairs. That's the idea. Yeah, that's the idea. And at one point I followed, she was very in tune with, um, nature. Um, uh, I'm not particularly in tune with nature myself. I like <laughs> cities, but, um, you know, there's some, some, some flowers in San Francisco. You know, I'm always amazed when I go out to California, they go, oh, these flowers that I haven't seen, um, things like that. So, so yeah. I tried to, I tried to look at, at, at the world the way I imagined Barbara would have looked at. I had them take me to some lesbian bars. Um, didn't quite work out. Barbara was not really a lesbian bar person, she told me, or her, her um, life partner, Flory Burke, told me that. Um, but we just we just tried to look around and, and breathe the air and find what Barbara would have found interesting in that way. Great. Uh, Pauline, do you have any, do you have a question? Sure, yeah. Um, first of all, I mean, I guess my question, is, I guess it's, about providing a little bit more context in case viewers have never seen or even heard of Barbara Hammer. Um, what would you, you've kind of touched on this already, but like, how would you characterize her work beyond, you know, lesbian experimental filmmaker? Um, I mean, I think that covers a lot of it, but, um, but like beyond that, um, what, what drew you to her work? Um, and what drew you to her? Yeah, th- thank you for asking that question. I, 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 um, I should not have pigeonholed her in that way, perhaps. You know, I was thinking of the um, the New York Times obituary, which I just um, shared with my students, and that was the the headline. You know, um, 
but uh, no one should be pigeonholed by their by their obituary. Um, the thing I admire about Barbara is her fearlessness, right? They were short films, they were long films, they were experimental films, there were um, films about sexuality, there were films about her identity as a Ukrainian, you know, her, her genealogy as, as Ukrainian. Um, they were films about other artists. Um, you know, I think some experimental filmmakers, um, you know, f find a way of making work and um, and explore that, and well, they should. And others take the experimental ethos as a way of giving themselves permission to um, explore a variety of themes, a variety of lengths of films, a variety of you know experiences. Some purely visual. Some uh, in the '80s, of course, you know, she worked with the optical printer a lot, and there was a lot of that sort of you know abstract. Um, um, interplay and things like that. Um, later on, issues of identity, um, issues of aging and things like that. So in characterizing her, you know, I think she's Catholic with a small C, all embracing, right? All embracing of a variety of ways of working. And um, I, I think that's what I learned from her. You know, I don't think I learned a technique or a style. I think I learned that you can do what you want to do. I made a came to Wisconsin Film Festival with a improvised feature film at home in a C, 2000, I believe. And, um, you know, a lot of people in the experimental work, I think a, a professor of mine said, oh, you've gone narrative, you know. Uh, but to me, the experimental ethos is you can do what you want, right? You want to make a narrative film, you make a narrative film. You want to make a documentary, you make a documentary. You want it to be one minute, make it one minute. If you want it to be 99 minutes, make it 99 minutes. It's that fearlessness that characterizes Barbara's work for me. I love that. And I, I mean, I adore her uh, and her work. Um, so, yeah, I was naturally very intrigued by this. And I'm um, just wondering about kind of the, the nature of this project involves a lot of um, research, right? Like archival research. Um, and I guess, how did you go about taking this kind of I don't know. I, I mean, I, a process that can be, uh, it can be fascinating. It can be both fascinating and kind of tedious. Um, how did you sort of conceptualize making this, this process interesting as a viewing experience? Such a great question. You know, um, the, the idea of being commissioned to do something or asked to do something is so different from the ethos I just described, which is do what you want to do. Right. So it was a, um, it was a problem and it took me a long time. You know, um, I love Stan Brackish. Um, I'm not an acolyte. Um, I didn't, I wasn't interested in that angle and I didn't think Barbara wanted me to go into the Brackish myth mythos, right? It was about Jane. She'd already made a film about Jane. I didn't know, you know, I, I thought about seeking out Jane, who's a, a very interesting person in her own right, of course. Um, and then I thought, what if she's off screen, right? Or what if she's, what if, what if we really trace Barbara's evolution as a, as a filmmaker from, you know, almost, I just finished my first film to I'm starting to show my films a lot, you know? Um, and, and, and that interested me. And I think, you know, we're in that pandemic now, 
Um, and I finished this before the pandemic. But um, the other thing that interested me was an epistolary friendship. And, um, you know, I looked at Barbara's handwriting. I looked at Jane's handwriting. And I'm aware that my daughters, who are 24 and 26, have no emotional connection to their friends or lovers' handwriting. None. That's gone, right? Gone, gone, gone. Um, and I found that to, very, to be very interesting. And I found the um, cautious um, narrative of an epistolary friendship to be interesting. You start out and you sign it sincerely. And then you sign it best. And then you sign it XO. And then you sign it love. And then maybe five years go by and you're back at best. Or you're back at sincerely. And there was this sort of, you know... Um, um, I was going to say cat and mouse, but, but, you know, movement of intimacy and, um, you know, attempts at intimacy and then retreats. And I, I find that to be very interesting because in my own life, um, I don't know what your experiences are, but, you know, you have friends who are better long distance friends than people around the corner. And then you have, you know, sometimes somebody moves to your town and you're like, wow, we're going to be hanging out all the time and it turns out they were better when they were across the country and you, you know you had deeper conversations that way so I, I thought it was an interesting friendship in that way and that intrigued me Bar uh, Barbara intrigued me as an artist and the friendship intrigued me when I watch the film I get the impression that it's telling the story of a fairly one-sided friendship one-sided relationship where Barbara is pursuing this relationship with Jane and the fact that we don't get to see any of Jane's um, correspondence, her side of the of the written friendship, and that the the one piece of um, the one the, the bit of footage that we have of the two of them interacting is a conversation about Jane uh, <laughs> wishing uh, 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 that Barbara hadn't actually come to, <laughs> to interview her and make this film. Um, I'm assuming that that's that that that's intentional as far as the narrative that 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 the film is telling. But is that the impression that you got uh, of their friendship? Um, by you know, even after reading, I, I'm assuming you had access to. But you said you had access to both sides of the conversations, um, or is that just a story that you thought would be fun to create for this film? That was intentional on my part. I definitely had Jane's. Um replies to uh, Barbara. Um, I can't say why they interested me less. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can say that Barbara um, Barbara as focus is what drew me in. And this is no, no knock on, on Jane at all. Um, I just thought, I thought, well, I have this static footage. And as you say, um, you know, it's sort of Jane running from Barbara's gaze in some ways, right? And yeah. Barbara in her, in her typical um, uh, open and direct style says, why don't, why don't you want me here? You know, I feel like you're pushing me away. And it's very Barbara and it's very 70s. I mean, some of the things she talks about, est therapy and things like that, they're very, they're very much about self-actualization. And I don't, I don't say this ironically at all. Um, it's kind of beautiful to me, looking back on it. People were 
thinking about themselves, thinking about their actions, thinking about transformation and things like that. Um, I guess I saw the notion of a filmmaker wanting something from her subject and a subject pushing that filmmaker away as endemic to the filmmaking process. Um, I did an un another interview with another um, uh, festival and they asked me and I said, all filmmaking is about seduction in some ways, right? You're convincing someone that you, that what you're up to is going to present them in a way that is interesting or something. In something. And of course that raises the question of, of, you know, a romantic, um, whether there's a, a romantic spark between Jane and um, uh, Barbara. And, and I, I, I don't have an opinion. <laughs> you know, I don't have an opinion except as a Freudian. I sort of think all friendships and all interactions are based on some sort sorts of sparks, you know, sexual and otherwise, you know, but I, I can't historically speak to that. I um I mean it's it's a striking bit of um I guess it's I guess it's standard definition video footage that she shot right um but the but Jane sitting on that stove is is quite a quite a striking <laughs> image um and have you ever tried to sit I I was trying to think about sitting on a stove I'm like it just seems like the most uncomfortable place you could possibly find to sit. Did, have you attempted this this mark yourself just to see what it's like? You know that is such a. It, we're redoing our kitchen, so the stove is actually pulled out of the wall. I could go sit on it right now, but um, it's a funny thing, right? It's it, it is weird. Um, it's a funny place to retreat, and um, you know I think it's interesting when I think Jane, Jane was very private, and I think having um, uh, Barbara in her space was probably. Um, uncomfortable so it's it, it, it's sort of interesting just in general what people do when you're trying to record them and how they retreat and where they go and, and things like that um a stove doesn't seem like a safe place to me but what do i know you know yeah and also in what looks like some candid snapshots from sort of on set that day it looks like barbara was d conducting the interview from by sitting on the kitchen floor and so she is sort of like uh, it's almost like Jane is like this deity that she is sort of <laughs> kneeling before. <laughs> um, uh, I, the the elephant seals footage is, if I'm remembering correctly, is maybe the only footage in the film that's like sort of maybe high def video or six at least sixteen by nine format. How many different media formats are we seeing in this film? Because there's that standard definition video. There's the there's that elephant seal stuff, and then, but there's also some of that great split screen NYC stuff, which feels like it's maybe 16 or even eight millimeter. Or yeah, super eight. Yeah, um, super and I, eight. I, I had shot that for an, another project, a kind of loop that I'd done on Canal Street in New York, and um, of course, super eight um, feels sort of timeless, you know, and. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it just sort of it sort of worked in there. So so you basically listed them all. You know, standard definition, four by three with the sixteen. Um, I didn't actually film those elephant seals. I I you know got them got them outsourced or whatever. But the, I mean that's a direct connection to what she's writing about in the um, postcard. Um, but I also thought it was a sort of metaphor for the for the. Um, 
uh, jousting. I would say jousting. The jousting of a friendship, um, which you know is is part of part of the dynamic. It's part of being open and honest. Is a back and forth, um, you know, jousting. I think. I was. I have just one more thing, and then of course Pauline, if you've got more. Um, but uh, there, I was really struck by this one section where we get to see um, what I think is maybe red paint that's between the sort of pavement stones uh, that's sort of traveling through. It almost seems like blood uh, on these on the sidewalk, I guess. And then that somehow makes this transition to this footage, sort of light damaged footage of a, of a train. Um, and and it's interesting because the light damage sort of is the same color as this paint or blood on the thing. And I thought that was a beautiful way to get from that one shot to the other. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about those two pieces of footage? Sure. Yeah. Um, the What you're referring to as blood is actually a, um, a bunch of petals from a flower that had oh, wow. um, collected in a... Um, um, a crack in the sidewalk in San Francisco. So again, it's kind of thing of like, um, I don't know if I'd shoot this, but Barbara would, you know, and then of course the light leak, um, is sort of a similar color. It's orange or whatever. And it just sort of led into this, you know, to this transition, you know, as I recall that, um, that accompanies her, uh, Barbara saying, I'm leaving. I'm coming to see you. You know, so I felt like it was a good yeah. uh, sort of moving, um, you know, I'm, I'm out of here kind of thing or whatever. Um, and then I used one frame or one shot, excuse me, from Jane Brackett's the 1974 film, and that is um, uh, Barbara shooting herself in the rearview mirror in her truck on the way out to Colorado to go see um, Jane. I had to look at the film. She told me not to look at it. And of course. You know, what are you going to do? You have to look at it. Because um, I didn't want to rip or rip off the film without knowing I was doing so, right? So, um, you know, I just I thought, let me put this one, this one shot in there. If they play together, they'll, they'll have some sort of resonance without, you know, without being copies of each other in some way. Yeah. Have, have the two films played together yet? They haven't um, yet. The, the, the three films that have been made about, with you know um barbara's uh uh material have played together a, a number of times but uh not not jane brackage um apparently there's some controversy something i didn't get to in the film was that um she made the film 19, 1974 as a thesis film at the san francisco art institute and her male professors said no no no, no this is not the film you should be making you know this is not you or something and I think um, she had no love lost for the San Francisco Art Institute. She felt like she was poorly treated there and, uh, you know, all male professors who didn't understand her. So we spent some time on the San Francisco uh, State Campus. Of course, it's a wonderful institution now. And, you know, Greta Snyder teaches there and many, many great filmmakers teach there. Um, at that time, I think it was sort of entrenched in a sort of masculinist sensibility. But um, we spent some time there filming and I sort of thought, why am I filming this place that she hated, right? <laughs> so why, why don't I go somewhere she liked, you know? Um, so um, anyway, but but I thought that was interesting. This isn't you. We don't want, you know, this isn't your thesis film. We want something else. We want something, What whatever their reasons were, it's such an interesting uh, and oppressive academic 
um, you know, stance, I think. And I say that as a college professor. I would never say that to a student. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pauline? Um, yeah, I just, I'll say quickly, the film made me really nostalgic, um, in part because, you know, these, I'm sort of familiar with the style of these filmmakers, but also, like, I'm from California, and I lived in San Francisco for a while, um, but, so speaking of nostalgia, I mean, you're making this film that is in part a tribute to these kind of two titans of experimental cinema, and I know this is sort of a really big question I'm about to ask you, but what do you see as their legacy? Um, do you see their their style and their influence carrying on into to future generations? Um and like, how do you do you intend to sort of carry that 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 mantle for them? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I will say that as I get older, I appreciate, um, you know, I appreciate the people who kept at it for as long as people like Barbara did, you know, and more and more, you know, I'm more and more sustained by them. And I think that um, legacies and mantles are con- are confusing things. Right. Because. In a way, they're anathema to experimental um, filmmaking, right? Experimental filmmaking, in a way, rightly or wrongly, is it's a little bit more about individualism, right? It's a little bit more about, like, this is my thing, this is my idea, or whatever. And uh, I'll never forget, I once heard a curator um, for the uh, New York Film Festival, the... Um, avant-garde section which is called projections now it used to be called something else i can't remember what it's called what it was called but anyway he was talking about the spice routes of experimental film ken jacobs bagat phil solomon bagat whatever and i thought man spice routes first of all isn't that like based on slavery and capitalism and all this stupid stuff you know and second of all Shouldn't we be teaching our students to make the work they want to make? You know, I've been teaching for 30 years and I don't have any acolytes. You know, I don't have anybody who wants to make a Mark Street film. And I think that's a success. I want them to come into my class and make the film they want to make. Right. And um, the only thing the only thing I want to project is this sense of fearlessness that Barbara um, and Jane you know, embody. And that is you can do what you want. You can grab onto a project and you can, there are no rules, there's no boundaries. You do what you want to do. That's that's the only thing I want to impart to my students. And, um, you know, the idea of um, even someone I deeply admire, Peter Hutton. You know, I worked with Peter Hutton for many years at Bard College and, um, you know, organized a sort of tribute to him when he died. Um, I never wanted to make a Peter Hutton film, right? I, he was he was who he was, and what he gave me was the sense that I could do what I wanted to do. Does that make sense? You know, it's interesting with legacies because I think they are, you have to take the right things from people, right? You have to take the sort of underlying spirit without the direct engagement with the material. You just get carbon copies of a kind of way of working or something. Yeah, absolutely. It makes a ton of sense. Absolutely. And that seems like a perfect place for us to stop. 
Um, thank you so much for sharing this film with us, Mark, and thanks for spending some time with us today. Next time, let's do it in person. Um, hopefully, maybe even next year at the Wisconsin Film Festival. Well, I got to say this is bittersweet because uh, it's absolutely my, my favorite film festival to visit. My 91-year-old, 92-year-old father lives in Beloit. I can see him and dive up and have drinks with you all. And um, very happy to be a part of the festival. You all are doing a wonderful job virtually. But next year in person, as they say, right? Yes. Next year, <laughs> next year Jerusalem or Madison, right? <laughs>